It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! <laughs> In my whole life for this. <laughs> I got some things to say. I'm still slowly dying, but uh. hey, we all are. <laughs> Good morning, Back Row Radio. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And you're streaming the morning side hug. Completely loving, socially awkward, and decidedly Christian. We are a Back Row Morning Show exclusively on BackRowRadio.com. On today's show... The worst things about Christians. Again. Yay. <laughs> Plus the latest news, random facts, and more. But first, it is Tuesday, August 18th, and we've got a delicious holiday to celebrate. Whoop. whoop. I know what I'm having for dinner tonight. <laughs> it is National Fajita Day. Mm-hmm. On August 18th, National Fajita Day recognizes the sizzling deliciousness of the savory Tex-Mex flavor found in fajitas. In the early 1930s, Mexican... Vaqueros. <laughs> In Southwest Texas, developed what we've known, what we've all grown to love over the United States. Using throwaway cuts of beef, they developed the fajita. However, it wasn't long before they became a staple in the region. These cowboys cooked the steak over an open fire or grill. Once cooked, they served it with flour or corn tortillas. In later years, fresh pico de gallo, guacamole, and western spices southwestern spices, uh, elevated the fajita. Soon, the convenient meal for hardworking cowboys made an introduction to new audiences. The fajita became a destination food in the culinary world. Mm-hmm. As their popularity grew, fajitas added a colorful flair to Tex-Mex menus. Sizzling platters full of bright peppers, onions, and mouth-watering aroma delighted patrons. Menu choices beyond tender steak also broadened the fajita spectrum. Sweet shrimp, lean chicken, or pork with freshly made tortillas arrived at tables with fanfare. By the 1980s, most most Mexican restaurants in the United States served fajitas. In the modern culinary kitchen, lime, cilantro, and a plethora of vegetables find their way into the into the fajita too. Add that to the perfect seasonings, and mouths really begin to water. I mean, is there a more joyful sound in a Mexican restaurant than the sizzling than hearing that sizzling platter walk by? You know, even, I don't think that there is. Even, um, what's his name? I don't remember his name. There's a Christian rapper, Andy Minio. Oh, yeah. Paid tribute to it in his song, Coming In Hot. Yeah. Where he said, coming in hot, like the fajita. <laughs> <laughs> Fajitas are. Oh, gosh. So the best Mexican dinner I've ever had happened in a restaurant in... Dallas. I don't remember what the restaurant was called, but I don't believe it's a chain. Went in and they offered enchiladas using the fajita meat. Ooh. Oh my gosh. I couldn't. My mom and I were eating there because it was when my dad was in the hospital up there. My mom and I were eating there. I couldn't talk to her the rest of the meal yeah. because I couldn't focus on anything else. It was the most delicious thing. It is top 10 meals I've had in my entire life. Yeah. But that was definitely the best Mexican food meal I've ever had. Oh. I got to say, some of the best mm. food that I've ever had has been around the Dallas area. 
Dallas does food well. I will say that. Da- Fort Worth? Oh. Yeah. oh. Texas in general. Whew. Texas in general. You Just know, a great I'm not place gonna, for food. I'm not going to say Texas in general because there are some <laughs> armpit places in Texas that don't do good food. <laughs> armpit places. Wichita Falls. Oh, I yeah. forgot that was a place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, oh my goodness. Fort Worth and Dallas. Yeah. Amazing really good, food. Really good stuff. San Antonio's all right, too. They got some yeah, good food San in San Antonio. Antonio. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's eat. Mm-hmm. Let's go food. All right. Well, if uh, you were wondering what's next in your 2020 bingo. Oh, my word. This might start off. Here we go. Mice implanted with human brain cells become smarter. Is this a real thing? It turns out that a type of cell found in the human central nervous system that had previously been thought little more of than sort of a housekeeper cell is actually really important for cognitive function. How did we learn this? A team of researchers used them to create mouse-human hybrids. Why? <laughs> Why? Why? I, okay, Matt, seriously, I'm about to get on a high horse for just a second. Go for it. Why do we have a team of researchers doing things like this on a daily, regular basis, and we still have people dying of cancer every day? Why? 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 (laughs) I mean, sometimes you just got to know. No. You got to know. You got to know if... if, uh, I probably sound really ignorant. Smart mice or a thing. I, I... I can admit that I know absolutely nothing about science or the scientific process and research and especially medical research. I don't know anything about it. A lot of medical research actually does stem from research with mice. Right. Don't you remember when they grew an ear on the back of a mouse? Yes, I do. A human ear? So I'm sure that this is where that originated from. But I just can't, like, I picture a bunch of like kids standing around the science experiment and getting <laughs> giddy over it when they figure out that they've learned something new. Huh? No, stop being giddy over these crazy things. What if I stick a needle in your brain, pull out whatever comes out, and then stick it in a mouse? Yeah. <laughs> What'll happen then? <laughs> the type of cells... <laughs> Uh, Neuronal support cells are called astrocytes. Uh, These are star-shaped cells found in the spinal cord and brain, and they are most abundant cells found in the brain. They provide biochemical support for the cells that make up the blood-brain barrier, uh, nutrients to the nervous system, and regulation for the transmission of electrical impulses in the brain, even structural support. They're busy little guys, and in humans, they're larger, more abundant, more diverse, and more complex than in most other species. Apparently, their role goes far beyond support, though, uh, as we've assumed. The study indicates that uh, these are not only essential to neural transmission, it also suggests that the development of the human cognition may reflect the evolution of human-specific astrocytes' form and function. Uh, This is coming from the University of Rochester Medical Center and uh, the neurologist Stephen Goldman, who published a study on this uh, earlier in the year. This is the first demonstration that has human astrocytes uh, showing a unique functional advantage in a non-human. And so what, what we're saying is, you remember Ninja Turtles 
Yeah. We're trained by Master Splinter. Yes. Who is a humanoid rat. Yes. Super smart rat. I mean. What we're saying is that we're on Master the Splinter <laughs> is about to become a real person. And uh, a I real person. That's, that's 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 a real person, <laughs> and that's that's true, because the next step is attempting this experiment on rats, because rats are already smarter than mice, and this is already underway. <laughs> so, rats, rats are next. Hey, you know what? You know what? You I know, gave it a really hard time. I'd be okay if there was a for real master splinter, and if we for real had. If this brings about the Ninja, Ninja Turtles, Turtles let's I'm do okay it. with it. Let's do it. Please. Please. <laughs> That's just more reason for us to go visit New York. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> you remember when they made those new movies? And they had the... They're living in New York, but they had like a partnership deal with Pizza Hut for the movie. No. And so they had the Turtles eating Pizza Hut in New York. I mean, uh, yeah. come on. That took me right out of the movie. It wasn't the fact that there were giant talking ninja turtles. It was that they were eating Pizza Pizza Hut Hut. in New York. No, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. That's fair. That's so unrealistic. That was a joke joke from, uh, I think it's a Christian comedian called Darren Streblow. He said, we were watching uh, Pinocchio with, uh, with a buddy who our families were over. And we're watching it. He'd never seen it. And they go out, and, and it's the part where they're fishing off the dock. And my friend goes, that's so unrealistic. They're not putting any bait on the hook. Why would the fish ever bite the hook? And I turned to him and I said, that's the part of the movie you have a problem with? <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't chirping up when the fairy brought the puppet to life. Mm-hmm. But the no bait on the hook, that's the where you draw the line? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yep. So yeah, the 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 ooze fueled, uh, super smart, super athletic Ninja Turtles raised in the sewer by a sentient rat. I don't have a problem with that. But them eating Pizza Hut in New York and enjoying it. I mean, it's fair, truthfully. You also remember what the Pizza Hut's deal with that was, like what their what their promotion was on their end. They created pizzas that were uh, cut for Ninja Turtles. And essentially, that meant they just cut it into four giant slices. <laughs> that was their end. That's what they did. <laughs> wow, Pizza Hut. I don't remember any of them. That's <laughs> yeah, because the new movie stunk. Was it in our Awful. childhood? No, these oh, are the no, years, don't remember years ago. In fact, the last time we went to um, the summit was when the second movie was coming out because I remember seeing billboards all over L.A. Oh. We were going through. Mm. I missed the summit. <laughs> I watched the summit this year. I got to talk about that last week. I oh. uh, watched the online version of the summit. It was very good. Yeah? Like better than an actual summit when it comes to like retaining information. Really? Really well done. So good. Smart. But you missed the camaraderie. Yeah. Like we talked about the other day. You missed the fellowship. It's Which like, is a big deal. I saw our memory from when we went two years ago. Mm-hmm. It was two years ago, right? Three years ago? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, and my caption was, on our way to the biggest family reunion ever. For real. Yeah. It really is like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, memories. Yeah. I do enjoy... That we're, we're jumping off all different subjects here, but I do enjoy the aspect of the Facebook memory. 
I do too. I've come to realize how important those are to me Absolutely. every time they roll around, especially for things like that. Yep. Or like family m- memories, videos, pictures, or whatever that I've forgotten even existed, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't have even thought to go searching for them in my billions of photos that our phone automatically saves every single one of. You know, mm-hmm. it's like having to dig through this treasure trove, or you get Facebook to see memories. the ones that you really liked and actually liked enough to post on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. See all these funny videos. Yep. And, and see, and y'all always give me a hard time about posting too much and blah, 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 blah and this and that. Do I do that? I well, I'm, I meant y'all as in oh, like a, a general, general term. General sense, okay. Because I don't think any of our listeners actually do that either. <laughs> but, you know, people there, always giving me a hard time. There are people. <laughs> um, <laughs> But there's going to be a time, and I, especially with Topher coming up on, you know, turning 15 and us Mm -hmm. leaving and Mm -hmm. moving him away from his friends, there's going to come a time where my kids have access to all of these things that I've posted. And for me, you know, the the emotion that we get whenever we see that Facebook memory, I can only imagine it's going to be heightened to a thousand when my kids get on Facebook and they go look at my profile and they're like, oh, dang. She really did post all of our vacations. And look at this. I forgot we went here. I forgot we yeah. did this. I mean, you know? to be fair, you do post a lot of stuff. Shut up, man. But it's it, but it is for that reason. Yeah. It's you you are you are you are actively creating a a a, a visual timeline of your yeah. life, of your family. And so yes, for that aspect your family will really enjoy it. Um until, you know, until Elon Facebook's Musk not a thing. Yeah. Until Leon buys it and deletes Facebook it. And <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's another thing that gets you thinking of, will Facebook be around I hope so. 10, 15 years from now? Because, I mean, I know that right now, you know, my dad had a Facebook, barely did anything on it, like yeah. very, very little. But it allowed us to, like, tag him and a lot of things. And so there is quite a lot, actually, on his profile yeah. that brings up. And so... He passed away. We did the thing where it, it like memorializes his profile mm-hmm. to where people can still post things on it or and tag him in photos. But you know, obviously, he won't be posting anything right. uh, anymore. But it's neat to have that pop up every now and then. Like the day that we became Facebook friends mm-hmm. popped up, and so that brought me back to his profile. I get to see him tagged in all these photos, or just go look at every photo that he's tagged in yeah. on his page. That's a really cool thing that I wouldn't think automatically would be such a meaningful thing to mm-hmm. me until you actually had one yeah. to, to experience. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of Topher growing up and or any of your kids growing up and looking through these, I'm thinking, yeah, that's 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 if Facebook doesn't just get deleted and then all of your stuff is gone, all the hard work that you did to make these memories. Like I was thinking, yeah, it would be cool. When you die, Topher could go look at all your Facebooks. I'm like, oh, wait, I, I can't imagine Facebook would still be a thing by the time Mo dies. I hope it is. <laughs> but I hope it yeah. is. I mean, Some you form. never know. Yeah, it may look drastically different. Yeah. But I hope that they would still be able to go search my profile and find my thousands of albums and pictures. (laughs) I know. It might be too big to kill at this point. It really might be. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know what we were talking about. Mice? Something like that? Uh Mm -hmm. Keep it here. (laughs) Binge Watching for Jesus is coming up next. And when we come back, Coca-Cola gets a jolt. Stick around.
Stanford prison experiment, 21 out of 21 students, when given absolute power, abused and tortured their fellow students. My competitor likened people to pure falling snow. I would respond, there is none righteous, no, not one. Now, I realize Mr. Simmons' quote was from the great Franz Wickmeyer. Mine was just from a simple desert handyman named Jesus. In episode nine of season one of Community, we see Annie rope in Jeff to join the debate team to go up against Jeremy Soulpatch Simmons and the city college debate team over the question, is man basically good? Now, this is a debate that we've been having as humans for as long as humans have existed. Are we basically good or are we evil? Now, Jeff did already point out that Bible verse that says none of us are righteous. But does that actually answer the question of whether or not we can have a good nature more often than not? Because, of course, whether you're a believer or you're not, we all do good things. We all have times in our lives where we're actually fueled by positive motives, which is why a lot of people, even believers, tend to think that entry into heaven is going to be largely based on our works if our good outweighs our bad. But the problem is we can't be judged just based on our actions. We also have to be judged based on our motives and our thought life. And honestly, even when we're doing really good things, sometimes we're doing it with the wrong spirit or doing it begrudgingly because we feel like we have to. That's when the Holy Spirit chimes in and asks you, Let me ask a question. Do you hate this? Do you hate doing this? Do you? Now people want to argue this point. People want to say, no, I am really good. And that's fine. If you want to be stuck in that mindset, that's okay. But in reality, we all know that deep down we're inherently selfish. Now, we wouldn't want to come out and just say that we're inherently evil because evil is such a powerful word, but that's not exactly what evil means in this instance. Evil simply means not of God. That's what we're talking about here. And when we are acting in our own self-interest above others, putting ourselves first, that is an evil act. We worship ourselves. We worship celebrities. We worship other people in our lives, romantic partners. We put them all in the place of God, and that skews our morality. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 7.29, Behold, I have found only this, that God made men upright, but they have sought out many devices. God did make us and qualify us as very good, but from the very beginning, we've messed that up with our sinful intentions. But even then, God refused to let us go by sending his son to come and die sinless for our sins. Any sin makes us unrighteous, but God is good and grace is real. So in comparing ourselves to God and the goodness that he holds, it's all right to say, Man is evil. Subscribe to Binge Watching for Jesus on Spotify and make sure that you catch new episodes every week right here on Back Row Radio. Welcome back to the Morning Side of the Back Row Morning Show here on BackRowRadio.com. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And we're going to kick off this portion of our show with five random packs. In the U.S., if you find dinosaur bones in your backyard, those are now your dinosaur bones. <laughs> Finders keepers when it comes to dinosaur bones. Finders keepers, losers weepers. During a zoo visit in the late 80s, Mike Tyson offered a zookeeper $10,000 to open the gorilla cage so he could go inside and punch the gorilla when he noticed it was bullying the other primates. I want to teach that gorilla a lesson. <laughs> I'm disturbed. They <laughs> you... <laughs> 
not saying I have anything personal against that gorilla, but I would definitely make orphans of his children. (laughs) 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 (sighs) Well then, Phyllis from the office would pay bills and shop online using the computers from the show. Yep. They would just sit around and do do whatever. Yeah. They had the internet and they'd just sit there being extras in the background and they'd just goof around. But I remember hearing the first season, they did not have the internet. And so literally the only thing they could do was play Solitaire and, and Minesweeper and stuff. And it got super boring. I bet. Super quick. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem with that, though, is in the middle of recording, I mean, we do this, in the middle of recording... You can't like actively scroll through something and be listening for your part to come up. Well, most of the time you're not waiting for your part to come up. That, like literally every scene that has to happen, there has to be office workers sitting in the background. Right. So but I can what, imagine most scenes you're just sitting there. Yeah. Especially when you're not the main characters. Yeah. You know. But I feel like every now and then it's more often than not that one of those office workers says a like small I'm sure. Interjection. But then you, then you also got to think about how long it actually takes to film a scene. Yeah. And how many takes it would take before it even got to your part, you mm, know? That's true. It could be a whole day, be a whole afternoon. Very true. Before you even get to your line. <laughs> that's fair. <sighs> uh, the term military grade is a marketing trick. Ooh, here we go. <laughs> In the armed forces, military grade is simply the cheapest product that gets the job done. Where's the lie? Listen, <laughs> I remember the first time Chris told me this. Yeah. I, we were buying something, and it said military grade on it. And I was like, oh, and he's like, Mm-mm, we ain't getting that one. <laughs> no. Where's the one China made? Right? <laughs> I don't know how uh, that makes all of our listeners feel about <laughs> our military. But yes. They, it is not a lie. <laughs> in 2016, a Japanese woman was having a laser surgery on her cervix when she farted. Lightning, igniting, Lightning. sorry, <laughs> igniting the laser and setting herself on fire. That's just a bad afternoon. <laughs> no matter how you slice it. How'd your day go? Well, I caught myself on fire when I farted during a surgery. On my cervix. <laughs> How was your day? <laughs> I mean, how do you how do you not tell that story for the rest of your life? I You're totally either, you, would. You either have to be you have either have to be completely embarrassed by it forever, or you have to own it and just. You want to hear a funny story? Let me no, tell you. Let's tell you. Yep. But <sighs> but here's the thing. You know, you got those people that are like one uppers. Hmm. I wonder if there would ever be a one upper for that story. <laughs> Well, you farted and lit yourself in, on fire. <laughs> That's another uh, another comedian, Brian Regan, talking about one-uppers. Yeah. Said so whenever you're at a dinner party or whatever, and you tell a story, there's always that one guy that has to has to top every story that you mm-hmm. said. Like I was talking about how I went to the dentist. I'm like, yeah, I went to the dentist. I had to have uh, I had to have some wisdom teeth pulled. I had to have uh, two wisdom teeth pulled. I had four pulled. Okay. All of mine were impacted. They were growing in upside down. They were wrapping around my tongue, coming out my nose. They were tusks. I was a warthog. They took them all out. No Novocaine. I was eating corn on the cob that afternoon. Thanks for ruining my story. 
Yeah. You see, it's you, me. You down here, me up here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And he said, he said, uh, so that's why he, he wanted to be one of the few people that have been to the moon. Because he said that there's no way to top that story in any situation. Anybody could tell any, any story about anything that they've ever done that's really cool, whatever. And all you have to do is say, I walked on the moon. And everyone's like, you have the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is Tuesday, everybody. Tuesday is our favorite day because we get to reminisce about foods that we don't get to eat all that all that often. It's new and upcoming junk foods, things that might be in the store already or might be coming down the pike later on. It is Junk Food Tuesday, and we're going to kick it off with a secondary update from one that we talked about last week. Last week, I told you Duncan had cereal. They've also come out with a new cereal. Uh, uh, Mocha latte was last week's. They've also come out with a caramel macchiato, which sounds even better. Yeah. So it's like Cocoa Puff, except... Caramel macchiato flavored. Got little caramel marshmallows in there. And of course, made with real coffee. I mean, sounds, sounds like good an to adult me. cereal. I don't feel like adult cereals is a huge market, though. No? Now, I've been thinking about this since we talked about the other one. I'm like, when adults get cereal, they usually get some sort of bran or flake product, honey bunches of oats, something like that. You don't typically see them buying the Cocoa Puffs. Not usually. Yeah. No. Or and Lucky so Charms. This is essentially that. For grown-ups. It looks like a child cereal. And you don't want your children to have caffeinated cereal. Right? Unless they're teenagers who are sloths. Yeah. I see this <laughs> going very badly, though. I see one of two things happening. People are going to buy it thinking that it is a child cereal because it looks so much like a child cereal yeah. and giving it to their children unknowingly. Or people are going to buy it for themselves, put it in their pantry, and their kids are going yeah. to unknowingly make themselves a bowl. Mom's going to wake up on sun- Saturday morning and cannot figure out, one, where her cereal went, and two, why her kids are bouncing <laughs> off the walls. Yeah, either way, it seems like a bad idea. Exactly. Uh, International Delight is bringing three Christmas flavors, and for some reason, they're all themed after Elf, the movie, Elf, with, with, with Will Ferrell, okay, which then. came out in, what, 2006, I think? Long time ago. Yeah, it's been a while. Why do we have themed products for it? I don't know. That leads me to believe Something elf-themed is happening this year that we are unaware of. It's a little exciting. Hmm? I'm pretty sure, and I don't know, I should have researched this, but I'm pretty sure there was an attempt to make a Broadway version of Elf. What? I don't want to get your hopes up. but just one more reason to go to New York. If there was going to be anything, I'd like to see that. I mean, Hamilton was great. Let's put it on. Let's film it and put it on Disney Plus. Well, <laughs> hey Matt, guess what? What? We're gonna be a whole lot closer to New York now. Yeah, yeah. No, no, listen. What? <laughs> so when y'all go, oh, you want to come with us? And, we'll drive up and, and visit. And harsher, harsher trip. Shut up now. <laughs> we'll give you a day. <laughs> uh, that wouldn't be bad. See. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. 
Elf, elf flavored international delight. So they're coming out with the, the standards they've had the last couple of years: peppermint mocha, frosted sugar cookie. But this year they're coming out with caramel waffle cookie cream. What are you smiling at me like this for? Because I just had an epiphany. Epiphany, another one. An These idea. are always dangerous. What? Back row on the road. <laughs> Back row does New York. Here we go, guys. Okay. Sorry. I'm really cutting into junk food Tuesday. I'll shut up now. Join us this morning live from Subway F. (laughs) (laughs) So we interview (laughs) Billy the Homeless Man. (laughs) We caught pooping in a cardboard box. I'm sorry. All right, everybody. I just had an idea. (laughs) Holy. Hey. Always be thinking. It's all right. Right? Thank no you. idea is a bad idea. Well, that's not true. Werther's, <laughs> <laughs> Werther's is bringing out their Harvest Caramels, which they bring out every year around fall time. Harvest Caramels are, are soft caramel chews that have a, a delightful cream flavored center in the middle. Okay? Why have I not seen these? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I only saw them last year once, and I only saw one version. They have a pumpkin spice one. They have a caramel apple one. And this year, they're coming in with a cinnamon cream one, filling on the inside. Have you ever had their caramels that has, like, the chocolate cream center? No. They have those, two, and they're amazing. Yeah? But they're similar to that. It's, it's very good. And you would think, like, the textures would be weird, having the chewy caramel with the, like, cream thing. Mm-hmm. But they, they, go, they go well. Okay, then. So, try them all. Reese's is uh, doing a cop-out, which they do every now and then. Just a cheap ploy. Just uh, not trying to do anything special. Now, they do a lot of special things, but they also just phone it in sometimes. And this time they're phoning it in by bringing back their Reese's eggs for Halloween and just wrapping them in spookier foil. That's kind of silly. It's lame. Make a pumpkin. Do something. Why not make a pumpkin? Right. I mean, you can't tell me it costs any more in production. Yeah. And also, the, uh, they're, they're called like spooky notes, okay? And they just have like a word on them. It's boo. like a Reese's egg with boo and haunted. Those are the only two I saw. Haunted? What? <laughs> How's that even a note? You don't say that to anybody. Hey, haunted. <laughs> <laughs> the only instance that you could ever use that would be you're walking into an, a, like a dilapidated house in the middle of the night. And you hear a noise, and you're too afraid to talk, and your friend whispers, what's happening in this house? Haunted. And the only thing you can do is pull out the Reese's egg in your pocket <laughs> that says haunted on it and show oh it to Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well. Oh, no, that one says boo. I'm sorry. Haunted. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be their commercial. <laughs> All right. But let's take it back now. We razzed on Reese's. Now let's bring it back to them trying something innovative. Okay. It could be good. All right. So last year, they came out with the peanut butter lover's Reese's that had like the yes. top portion was actually peanut more butter. peanut butter flavoring. Right. Which was really cool. Like the top half of the cup itself. This year, they're doing something very similar to that using marshmallow flavor. Ooh. Marshmallow. Now they've had a marshmallow Reese's in the past. Really? Where like it was inside the cup and there was like a small layer of marshmallow on the bottom of the peanut butter. 
So this will be similar to that, but I think more flavorful because I remember those peanut butter, extra peanut butter Reese's were dang good. Yeah. Super peanut butter flavored. And so I'm looking forward to trying these. So is it three layers, marshmallow, peanut butter, and then the chocolate? Or are they getting rid of... Essentially, yes, but the, the marshmallow is a part of the outer cup, just like the peanut butter, extra peanut butter was. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's marshmallow on the top part. Chocolate on the bottom half of the cup, and then inside peanut butter. This is going to be like a fluffernutter times 10. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Maybe. You know, I've never actually eaten a fluffernutter sandwich. <laughs> and I think about it all the time. I say all the time. I think about it at least once a year. I should try that, and I never do. It sounds good. It's. I love it. You know, Eli's been eating a lot of peanut butter sandwiches lately. Maybe I'll get some of that fluff next, fluff next week yep. let him try that yep. all right and then i'll take a bite <laughs> toast the bread i think that makes it yeah a so lot of people better. do that with just normal peanut butter sandwiches yeah. too which yeah. is something i recently learned like that's a common thing for people who are making peanut butter sandwiches even ones that they're not planning to eat yeah for until a long time they still toast the bread mm-hmm. and then they just get it let it soft that way but it's still like regular bread toasted it's really strange well i think my theory is when you have soft white bread with peanut butter it just adds to the stickiness in your mouth as you're chewing it (sighs) but when you lightly toast the bread it takes some of that maybe away it gives a little more bite and crunch and holds up a little better and even if it's later the bread is now like tougher even yeah. if it's not crunchy anymore, mm-hmm. like if you're saving it for lunch, like you're making it for school or something. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can buy into that. All right. So we already got some news coming up for Easter of next year, like almost a full year away. What? M&M's is coming up with key lime pie M&M's, Ooh. which sounds intriguing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like me some of that. Jif going the other way. Making us all sad by making no added sugar peanut butter. I like no added sugar <laughs> peanut butter. I've never had it. Okay, so I'll I'll admit it. I I don't know what it tastes like. I don't know what no added sugar peanut butter tastes like. I don't know what any of the quote unquote healthier peanut butter tastes like. Because I really like normal Jif a lot. Like it's one of my favorite things of all time. Yeah. And I don't want to stray from it because cool. I feel like I'll be let down. On keto, you should be able to eat this no sugar added. Sure. And so that that might get me to try it because it's coming from Jif. Yeah. And so I might try it. I've had, like, I can't even have, like, Peter Pan peanut butter. Because really? it's, it's really, I, can, I don't know. Some people say you can't really taste the difference. I taste the difference in Peter Pan hmm. a lot. Here's another fun fact. Peter Pan peanut butter and the Walmart brand peanut butter are the the exact same same peanut butter. Yes, they are. (laughs) That's why a few years ago when there was an E. coli outbreak and Peter Pan had to be pulled from the shelves, they also had to pull the Walmart brand from the shelves because they're from the same factory using the same peanuts. It's the same butter. (laughs) All right. Coca-Cola with coffee. I am all it's coming in January. about this. A dark blend flavor, a vanilla flavor, and a caramel flavor. All, but also Coca-Cola. I'm so excited for this. I it's don't, like yeah. carbonated coffee. Yeah. Which I will not even lie. Which was a thing, right? Wasn't Jolt Cola a thing? Oh, I don't know. Wasn't that a real thing at one point? Maybe. It sounds familiar. Yeah. I will tell you, though, I have considered, like, what would happen if I stuck my carbonated water 
in my coffee pot. <laughs> and made my coffee with car. Obviously, it's not going to come out carbonated, right? Uh, and I wouldn't think so, no. But I'm curious. Yeah. Okay, dokie. <laughs> Last up, something you don't see you get a special treatment every now or ever, uh, pretty much ever. Let's say ever. Okay. Mother's circus animal cookies, those frosted pink and mm-hmm. white cookies with the little sprinkles. Yep. Well, they're coming out with a Halloween version of these things. Hmm. Bats and then black cats in two different shapes covered in an orange or white cream with black and orange sprinkles. They look delightful. Yum. And of course, those are. Just a classic snack yeah. treat. I wonder if they'll have little, I mean, they. I'm sure that they will. I was going to say little individual bags. Uh, yeah, I would assume they would do that, yeah, for That's going to be the candy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Speaking Absolutely. of candy. Uh-oh, here we go. Speaking of candy, let me get my oh, camera ready. I think I know ready. what this is. Do you? I think I do. Okay. Kara and I had this last week, I'm pretty sure. Oh, you tried them already? Yeah. You said you weren't going to try them. I didn't say I wasn't going to try them. You said they sounded them. awful. Did I? Fudge brownie M&Ms, yeah. Now you're <laughs> depressed, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am depressed. I shouldn't have told you. Because now it's not a taste test mode. But I don't Now remember. it's Matt sadly eats candy. <laughs> That's what it is. Okay. Well, here. This is what we'll do. Uh, you can taste no, them. <gasps> We just won't do this one. Instead. Well, if it makes you feel any better, they're not good. They're not? No. Hillary said they're... Ma- okay, we'll taste them. <laughs> I have to taste them now. I don't like them so here, at I'll all. So let you, I'll let you hold the camera. Okay. <clears throat> Whoa, that them. is me oh, and my you hand. Around, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Hillary said we talked about them when you were gone. We talked about it on the show. She said on the microphone that they're amazing. And I looked at this little picture, and I see it's like a little, like, the word you hate, moist, fudgy center, it looks like. So I thought they could be good. Okay. Go ahead. All right. It tastes like a regular M&M. It really does. There is nothing fudge brownie about it. Kara and I went to the Dollar General to grab some things, and we saw them sitting there, and Kara was like, those sound amazing. And the Dollar General guy was like, they are. They're the best thing ever. You've got to try them. So Kara and I split them. And immediately, I was like, this sucks. It's just a fat, plain M&M. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I am disappointed. <laughs> I mean, they went all out with these. I know. They're in every size. You can get the giant bag. I know. I'm telling you. I'm sorry. I'm waiting for like a flavor to hit. Nope. Like a note or something to hit it the won't. back of my throat. I'm Nothing. sorry, friend. <laughs> What right. a waste, M&M's. <laughs> what an absolute waste. <laughs> garbage. Yep. Hot garbage. So. I really wanted to do the popcorn ones. I have not found them anywhere yet, but I have seen a few reviews that say they are 
perfectly done. Yeah. And gosh, oh, I'm I'm more mad than anything now. I'm sorry. That was just utter disappointment. A fat plain M&M. That's, That's all, all it is. is. I, which is not in and of itself bad. But it's not. But a it's fun not brownie. an experience. Yeah. No. It's no. not what we were promised. I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so so. Kara was like, "It's good. It it's not bad." And I was like, "I'm totally disappointed. It is not a fudge brownie." And this Dollar General guy made it. His name is Izzy, Weatherford Dollar General. Izzy. Listen here, dude. He made it sound like it was the best thing I was going to eat all day. <laughs> and he was so wrong. But I am so glad, one, that you feel the same as I do. Yep, you're right. And two, that you now know who to trust more, Mayor Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hillary, she's got you there. Goodness. <clears throat> All right. Well, we'll end the disappointing segment right now. <laughs> Keep it here because we got more coming. When we come back, two things Christians do that we hate. Stick around. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on BackRowRadio.com. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And before we get into our main time, we have a poll, our weekly poll, which we do most weeks when we remember. Uh, last week, Kraft actually went on and asked parents during this COVID season, have you ever let your children eat macaroni and cheese for breakfast? And a surprisingly large number of people said yes, like 60%. What? So I wanted to poll our listeners. I said, during this COVID season, have you given your kid mac and cheese for breakfast? And the four response choices were, yes, don't judge me. No, not breakfast. Gross. Not yet, but it's coming. Or breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Okay. okay. So what do you think was the number one answer? Especially knowing that 60% of people said yes for their poll. Yeah. So I'm really thinking that I'm leaning more towards breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But I think it's going to be very close with um, not yet, but it's coming. The number one answer with over 50, 51.2% was no, not breakfast. What? Yeah. I'm surprised. judgy people. (laughs) But the second one, 25.6% was breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Then the last two actually tied with 11.6%. So yes, don't judge me and not yet, but it's coming. Both tied for third. Yeah, not a lot of people will do it. I mean, someone uh, uh, someone named Paul Abeta responded, that's too much work for breakfast. And I said, have you not heard of Easy Mac? Or leftovers. You pour in your water, you stir in the sauce, and boom, you're golden. Yeah. Microwave it for three minutes. I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> like, I, it's no more work than scrambled eggs. For real. For real. I Absolutely. mean, truly. Now, if you're home making it, like if you got to do the roux and all that junk, you're doing all this stuff. I get that. But ain't nobody doing that. Ain't nobody Not for their kids. For Not for their ungrateful children that only want Kraft Mac and Cheese anyway. I know that's right. Or that gross... Cheetos, flaming hot mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Preach. 
Uh, all right. <laughs> so we have been doing a, uh, a four-part series, and this is the final part. Oh, praise <laughs> the Lord. For now. <laughs> Where Mo and I are each sharing some aspects of Christian culture that is absolutely annoying or even offensive. Uh, we do this in a lighthearted tone, but this isn't meant to simply be a gripe session. It's certainly not to just hate on our fellow Christians. At its heart, it's a challenge for all of us to do better because, in fact, many of the things we will go over in this series or we have gone over are things that we've been guilty of ourselves. So with that caveat in place, I will begin. And this kind of requires a bit of a setup. And it requires me dancing a fine line. Okay. Let me first say that, yes, I know, the Bible says we should be praying without ceasing. Mm -hmm. And yes, I know it's a good habit to bathe every situation in prayer. And yes, I know that it should hardly be condemned that a person asks for prayer too much. But there are certain situations where prayer requests are brought forth that I think... God doesn't need to be bothered with this. <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> so when I asked for prayer on Facebook the other day at 2.30, you were like, seriously, Mo? Like, really? Really, Mo? Come on. God doesn't have better things to do. Your house selling no, is not, not on the top of God's That's prayer. not it at all. <laughs> that's, that's a genuine thing. And that's a thing that maybe someone who's more, more uh, curmudgeonly would say, uh -huh. You know, that's a selfish prayer or something like that. But that's not what I'm talking about. Okay. I think that's a legitimate thing. We have had... Uh, it got to be delicate. I'm sorry. We have a few people in our church who, number one, they have this habit of... They're on the prayer chain, okay? The prayer chain that we have that goes out through text messages. And any time a, like a big prayer request comes in, like this person is in the hospital having surgery... Right now, please pray for them. Within 10 minutes, they will respond with praying for them. Also, this minor thing happened in my life. Pray for me, too. Like, sure, give it a little time to breathe yeah. with that other one first. Because when it happens every time, mm -hmm. it comes off as, I need all the attention. Mm -hmm. Who cares about the person with the life or death surgery? I have a hangnail. Yeah. And that's the problem. It's always that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like, I got a shot in my back in the doctors, and now that area hurts. So please pray for healing. I'm like, that's what happens when you get any shot. It hurts. <laughs> it'll heal in a couple days, and it'll stop hurting. It's essentially a bruise. You don't need divine intervention for a Bruise to heal. <laughs> Let alone need to throw that in there as a response to this person literally having surgery on the table, open chest. So that was the first thing. But we've also had ladies like this. Oh, ladies. These are ladies. Whoa. These are always ladies. I'm Whoa. sorry. Men don't ask for prayer requests almost Whoa. ever, I feel like. Not just bad prayer requests. I mean any prayer request. I'm it's like it's a rare thing because men are too proud. Um, but it's like going to the doctor. They don't go to the doctor. They don't ask for prayer requests. <laughs> That's what men do. I'm offended. But 
there was there was this lady, and this is almost verbatim, and I know it sounds ridiculous. It's almost verbatim. She asked for prayer for her cat. Now hold on. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to ask that your cat remains healthy. This is how she worded it. Almost verbatim. Can you pray for my cat? She's sick. She's 14 years old. And she has to take these medications. She's nearly blind. She has a really hard time seeing where her food is. But I know that God has great things planned for this cat to do. And, guys, (laughs) if it were possible, my eyes would have done a complete 360 roll back in my head. Are you sure it's not possible? I mean, I'm pretty sure I've done it. (laughs) It's, it's, it's... (laughs) It's the way we phrase the prayers. It's the way we we emphasize the prayers. And it's the time that we ask for prayers and the urgency with which they ask them. It's all this stuff needs to be taken into account. The reasons behind it. This cat is not going to do great things for the Lord. Could, could God use animals to do fantastic things for him? Sure. He used dogs to eat up Jezebel in the Bible. That's about the only thing I know of. A donkey talked. Okay, but that was just God talking through a donkey. That's about it. I don't believe this cat who's 14 years old and blind is has plans to go save a lost tribe in the but hey, plains of South Africa. That cat <laughs> could provide companionship Absolutely. and loyalty and, that's perfectly and love fine. to that poor woman but, who definitely needs it. Perfectly fine. And that's what she should pray for. Pray for my cat. Whether, whether it be that he lives and he's able to see a little bit better than the medicine works or that he goes peacefully, not in pain, yeah. sometime soon. Those are two legitimate things that you can pray for because you love your cat. I get it. You don't have to envelop that in a God has mighty plans for this cat. <laughs> also, I have a shot in my back this morning and it really hurts. So... Pray for my shot. That's where I'm at. Not everything needs divine intervention. That's what I'm saying. Some things already work on their own the way God made them. Okay? Okay. There we go. I want to just go right into mine (laughs) because I feel like you segued me perfectly. Yes, Uh, I have. General (laughs) judginess. That is something that really irks me about Christians. Yep. (laughs) Hey, I'm the one that planned these out in the order that they are. So this was on purpose. (laughs) Now, I do have to say something about prayer before I go right into general judginess. But my mom used to always tell me when I would request prayer for things, she would... I would go to my mom and say, can you pray for this for me? And she would say, well, absolutely. But have you prayed first? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and that's just a good rule of thumb. Like, don't go out there on a prayer chain, on your Facebook page, on the Facebook, the church Facebook page, whatever, asking for prayer if you yourself have not prayed first. And I think that's part of what I'm really trying to say is that for things that... When we come for, for like group prayer, when we want a communal prayer thing, it's because we think 
the idea is that there's some sort of spiritual battle going on mm-hmm. that we need to rally the troops that we need a bunch of people praying over this thing right there are some things that are a lot of things that are not big enough that requires anyone praying over it more than just you yeah well it's and not here's like god's going to listen more oh Okay. Oh, there's five people praying for that. Okay. Oh, I didn't realize how much it hurt until you got the entire church praying for your bruise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So (laughs) when you come to, you know, here at at this church on Wednesday nights, they have power hour, which I Mm -hmm. absolutely loved. It was a time where everybody came. There was a small Bible study, and then we would all share prayer requests, and we would pray together. You've always got a small group of people who always have a prayer request. Yeah. Always. And that's not absolutely wrong. It's not absolutely wrong. No. However, just like you said, when we come together as a body of believers and we pray over something, that is truly, it's a time to build fellowship. Yes, it's a time to bear our souls and our hurts and everything to our fellow believers. But it's really a time to to rally the troops, to stand together in agreement over some major big things, over spiritual warfare, over Mm -hmm. things that are happening within our nation. Absolutely. Um, If you want to gather a couple of your closest friends and pray at home and you pray over those personal things that are happening in your life, your cat being sick or... Even even just calling a few people that are close to you already, Mm -hmm. that would be... Right. Perfectly fine. But let's really search our heart and search the intent of why we're asking the prayer request in a, in a public place like that. Because if it's anything, um, if if it leans more towards the selfish yeah. side, it's then we need attention. to keep it to ourselves. It's a lot of a lot of us do that, and I've even done that too. I Absolutely. remember doing that when I was, uh, especially when I was younger. When I wanted to sound like a better Christian. Uh-huh. And so I thought if I voiced more prayer requests often, mm-hmm. I would sound like a better Christian. I would sound like, look, this dude's really into praying. Yeah. He really believes in the power of prayer. Look how many prayer requests he has. Yeah. That's the idea that you get. That or you are codependent and that you need like attention to yeah. feel loved. Both Validated. of those things, valid problems that you can have. Things that need to be addressed, though, Absolutely. in because that's a symptom of something worse. Yep. <clears throat> yep. So going into mine, general yeah. judginess. Matt's really not as judgy as he just sounded. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, yeah. I feel like this is such a problem that yeah. Christians have is, you, one, you judge a book by its cover. The tattooed dude walks in. Wearing a leather jacket, driving a motorcycle, you know, they walk into the church and immediately there's going to be judgment being made. Um, That's another thing about Highland that I loved when we first started coming. They had that little biker group and that was kind of their little way of breaking a stigma, a stereotype. Quote unquote biker group of (laughs) middle-aged dads having... Having midlife crises. It was. It was very much. But. But they were. They did have a lot of fun. And it was they cool. had a lot of fun. And they would come dressed in their. Uh, in their leather vests. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. And for a small population of people who would come in, younger people our age, who would yeah. come in and felt judged to see some of the older men and some of the deacons, mm-hmm. you know. A lot of them were deacons. Yeah. At least three or four. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that just took some of that stigma away, some of that. It really did. um, But anyway, 
whether it be a off-color hairstyle or an outfit that someone's choosing to wear or a word that they say that you don't think is appropriate, we are going to find fault. Yeah. An area to judge in our fellow believers left and right if we allow ourselves to get to that place. And it just needs to be a place of understanding. Man, I feel like that's all that we've talked about for the past several months is can we just <laughs> get to a place of understanding Yeah. where instead of looking at someone and immediately judging them, we just kind of look at them and go, okay, they're in a different place than what I am. Yeah. Working with the idea of empathy. Like yesterday, we were talking about taking Bible verses out of context, right. and we touched on this one, but I, I really wanted to save discussion of it until today. The judge not lest ye be judged. Yeah. Judge not lest ye be judged. We have seen that get taken out of context over and over and over again to the point where most of us have gotten to the point where we have gone far end on the other spectrum. Right. Because we know that's not what that's saying. It's not yeah. saying that you, you can't judge someone else's sin. What the full context of that is saying is that judge not lest you be judged means don't judge someone else for something that you're also guilty of or don't point out other people's sins when you also have sin in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where we go too far is that we go too far about saying, no, that's not what that means. You're taking it out of context to the point where we feel validated in all the judgments that we make. Mm -hmm. And so we think we are judging. Judge not lest me be judged means we can judge. Yeah. Is how we come at it. Mm Mm-hmm. And you have to still look at all of this through a place of empathy and look at what God's actually trying to say there. He is saying and has said since the beginning, even in the Old Testament, he's the one that brings judgment. He's mm-hmm. the one that brings vengeance. Everything when it comes to fairness and justice truly belongs to him. We want to act justly. But again, most of everything that we do is on our part. We're not supposed to be forcing other people to live better or to do better or to to think better. We can influence, but we can't harshly judge. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't harshly criticize. We shouldn't condemn to the point where we put ourselves in God's seat. Mm -hmm. We can condemn sin. We shouldn't be condemning people because we don't have the right. We don't have we don't have the the authority nor the like ability to do it without being hypocritical mm-hmm. unless you are sinless which you aren't <laughs> which you ain't yeah. sinless how can you truly stand in judgment of somebody else's sin and so they think so a lot of people a lot of christians think of it as like okay well judge not lest you be judged really means that since I'm not a practicing homosexual, I can condemn practicing homosexuals. And that's not what that means. Mm-hmm. What that means is you're a sinner. They're a sinner. Your sin is different. Their sin is different. You're a believer. They might not be. There's the difference. And now when you look at it, the only difference really between you is believer and not believer. And where should you stand at that point? Should you be judge or should you be love? Love, Matt. That's your answer. Absolutely. (laughs) That is that is what you should be. And I just I'm more judgy of 
Christians <laughs> than I am of anybody else. Yeah. And it's more not not in a condemning way because, again, like we've said as the caveat for all these, most of the stuff we've been guilty of at one time or another and still continue to be occasionally. Absolutely. And it's sometimes really hard not to judge other people. That's probably the hardest one is to not judge other people. But I, you, you need to have the desire in your heart to be better at this. And if you don't have that desire to put empathy above everything else, to put love above judgment, especially when it comes to unbelievers who do not live by you know, our morality, do not live by the Bible, and thus don't have a concept of it, if you don't put love above that, you're not drawing them to God. You're pushing them from God. The What Would Jesus Do movement where we had those bracelets, the WWJD things, mm -hmm. recently has come back. We see those bracelets, but they don't say WWJD in them. Mm -hmm. They say HWLF. He would love first. It answers the question. And it's the true answer. God is love. There's nothing he could do first beyond be what he is, mm -hmm. which is love. And that's what draws people to him. It's not the rules. It's not the morality. It's not the what you can and cannot do. And it's not even the quote unquote levels of holiness that we, we ascribe to ourselves of who's better and who's, a, who's more righteous than the other. And that's been going on since forever. Mm -hmm. it, none of that matters. It's all about our personal relationships with Christ. And so if what you're doing if you feel justified and you're judging other people, especially unbelievers, if you feel justified in that, gosh, you need to check your heart. Yes. Because do you have one is the first thing you need to check. Yeah. I, I told Kara this last week, but everything that I do, I've come to the point in my walk where I'm tired of arguing I'm tired of nitpicking. I'm tired of having these long, drawn-out, unproductive arguments yeah. with people, non-believers and believers alike, that get me nowhere. From now on, everything that I do, I want it to pass through one filter and one filter only, and that's love. Mm -hmm. Everything I say and everything that I do, I want it to come from a place of love. I don't ever want for a person to walk away from a conversation with me and feel anything other than valued and loved regardless of where they are in their life yeah you know and you said it's so easy judging is probably one of the hardest things because it's so easy yeah it, we, it's so easy it's almost a default setting it is yeah. it is it's almost like the survival mechanism that we have within ourselves to judge others to make ourselves feel better or put ourselves higher than other people and something that i've told my kids from a very young age is that whatever is easy for us is our nature and our nature is inherently sinful. And so if something comes easy for us, we can guarantee that that's not what Jesus wants us to do because he wants us to turn from our sinful nature. He wants every aspect of us to be more like him. And that's the opposite of what our nature is. And so every time that I find myself just kind of going to that default, that those default pre-settings that I was inherently built with, that's when I kind of go, okay, wait a minute. Is this reflective of Megan or is this reflective of God? Yeah. So, so I want to jump back 
uh, and give you one of the one of the real reasons I was bringing up that you don't always require divine intervention. I was having a lot of fun with those stories. The real thing is this: a lot of us have this mindset that we can use prayer to get out of a situation. To put it in a simple term, think about when you were in high school and you had a big test coming up and you didn't study. You yeah. blew it off, whatever. And then test day came, you realized, oh crap, this is a third of my grade this semester. Lord, please help me pass this test. Mm -hmm. Which, while it's nice that you're asking God, this is a situation where you could have and should have done the work. Yeah. God is not here to bail you out. The same thing comes into play when it comes to how we interact with other people. If you genuinely think that you can condemn somebody else's sin to their face and then go pray for them at home and ask God to move in their life. He may do that, but it's not because of you. Mm -hmm. His response to you should be, you should have done the work. Because it's us that are the interaction. It's us that are supposed to be the hands and feet of mm -hmm. Jesus. It's us that are the first, while well, the gatekeeper, if you will, the secretary, as it were, of this faith. We are supposed to be the face of the faith that welcomes people into it. And we can't get there by shouting them down. We can't get there by boycotting this or that. We can't get there by creating some snarky hashtag. We can't do any of that and then truly think we're doing anything good for the kingdom. All you're really doing is saying that God isn't taking care of this fast enough. So I'm going to step in and be judge. Yeah. I mean, that's not your role. Yeah. <laughs> that's not your role. And that's not even what Jesus did. The only people Jesus ever raised his voice at or flipped tables for were the people who were claiming to be in religious hierarchy, that claimed to be righteous, that were sinning themselves. Mm -hmm. Those were the broods of vipers. Those were the, the uh, change makers in the temple that, they were, that he chased out with whips and mm -hmm. tossed their tables up. It were the people claiming to be working in the name of God and doing it 100% wrong. Mm -hmm. He never yelled at the sinners. He may have spoke bluntly with them, but only to help them realize he was who he said he was. Yeah. But he didn't condemn. He loved. He brought people in with love. The woman at the well, he sat there and said, yeah, you're right. You don't have a husband. You have five husbands. Mm -hmm. The man you're living with now is not even your husband. Mm -hmm. That's a judgmental statement, but only when, but it's only applicable because it comes from the only one able to judge. Yeah. And, and that, I can't help but think, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I can't help but think that, you know, there's so many people that read that and, and hear this judgy tone yeah. coming out in it or this harsh mean tone and I can't help but think that the way that you just said it is exactly how Jesus said it yeah you you don't have a husband yeah you have five and the one you're living with isn't even your husband you know he was not right 
mean and evil and vindictive because that is not God's character. Right. It was him showing her he knows her. Yeah. And then the rest of that conversation was about showing her what the living water was. Mm -hmm. And then he actually used her to be really the first voice to spread the news that Messiah had come. Right. So even in a moment that seemed to be framed in judgment became a, a story of love and using someone for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Immediately, in a moment, in one conversation, changing this woman's entire life and making her someone of extreme importance in the story of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That can happen to every single non-believer that you meet on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Every single person out there, you should treat as someone that God might be doing something amazing with a year from now, 10 years from now. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to love that person? Yeah. (laughs) Wouldn't you want to be someone that actually helped that person along to get to that place of faith instead of condemn them and shame them into the closet even deeper? Yeah. So ultimately, I think that might be the underarching, uh, overarching, underlying, overarching and underlying thread through most of the things that we brought up in this little series. We can we can be so much better. And again, please don't take this as us being judgmental to you because we fall into this trap regularly ourselves. It's really easy to be judgy. It's really easy to type out a paragraphs long response on Facebook and then delete it. It's, 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 it's easy to do it wrong. It's difficult to do it right, but you should always be striving to try. Mm-hmm. So that's where we land. Do you have anything else you want to add before we close that segment? Nope. All right. <laughs> that's where it is, guys. Be better. We're going to keep trying. We hope you will, too. Be better, not bitter. Hey, that's a that's a CR thing. It is a CR thing. All right. Keep it here because we'll be back in just a bit to share something that we love. We'll also share the verse of the day and send you on your way. Stay around. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug as our show is coming to a close for today. But first, I want to share with you something that I love. Chaffles. You ever had a chaffle, Mo? I haven't, but I saw your picture of the chaffles. My goodness. Guys, okay, so it's no secret. I've been on and off a keto lifestyle for a while. Back on it for, for now. And something that I didn't do the first time around was experiment with chaffles. Chaffles are cheese and egg waffles. Mm. So you take typically mozzarella, half a cup of mozzarella, one egg, and then you get like almond flour, like a tablespoon or two of that. Okay. Mix it up. You get a little mini waffle maker and you can make with that batter two mini chaffles. They taste a lot and texture and everything a lot like normal waffles. Yeah. Even bread, depending on if you put seasoning and stuff in it. Mm -hmm. I have used it for breakfast sandwiches, Mm -hmm. and I have used it for burgers now. But there are recipes for even like dessert chaffles and uh, like garlic bread chaffles and things. It 
feels like bread. It tastes a lot like bread. It tastes a little bit like egg, but you can work around that by taking the yolk out if you don't want that. Just use two egg whites instead yeah. of a full egg. I mean, they're fantastic. I don't know how I did this without them. You could use them for hot dog buns, hamburger buns, all kinds of things. That's brilliant. They're great. And they're so easy. Yeah. They're so easy, quick to make. Just take out stock and mozzarella. Yeah. I mean, dang, guys. And half a cup is not a lot. Like, you buy a a, fork, a bag of four cups of mozzarella mm-hmm. shredded cheese, that's... Got eight meals there. Yeah, that's eight burgers. That's, that's, that's 16 hot dogs. Yeah. I mean, dang, guys. So... If you're struggling, they're go- oh, I had a BLT with it too. Oh gosh, great! Like you need bread for some reason. You just yeah. need a bread thing, and these truffles are doing a dang good job filling the gap. Way better than the bread. keto bread that you. Ordered. Oh gosh, that's there's still a pack of that in my freezer. <laughs> it tasted, it had it had the texture. It tasted a lot like nothing. It didn't have a whole lot of flavor, but it had the texture of flesh of like human flesh it was awful eating human flesh that's disgusting it was bad well i'm glad you found chaffles chaffles are great (laughs) high in protein like two carbs for two chaffles like a serving it's great uh and you can also just have them as waffles if you use the mozzarella like you can use any kind of cheese you can use cheddar like cheddar is good for savory stuff Mm -hmm. if you use a mozzarella Put butter and syrup on it. Eat it like a waffle. It'll taste like a waffle. Yeah. I mean, shoot. They're a lifesaver. Let's close out our show with the Bible verse for the day. Bible verse for the day is Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Thank you for joining us. There's a Back Row Morning Show every weekday at 8 a.m. And again at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Mo and I bring you the morning side hug most of the week, part me, and Bo and Anna bring you church nerds every Friday. Uh, Bubba and Anna. What did I say? Mo and Anna. I did not. Yeah, you did. Bubba and Anna bring you church nerds. Hey, Anna, that could be fun. Let, let's do a show, you and I. It could be called Moana. Mo. <laughs> <laughs> not to be confused with Moana. Moana. <laughs> make way. Oh, my goodness. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio. And join our laughter-inducing Facebook community for more craziness from Matt <laughs> at Back Row Baptist Church by going to backrowbaptist.com. That's the show. Make way for Moana. Moana. <laughs> Make Moana. way for Moana. <laughs> <laughs> if you miss a morning show, you can subscribe to the podcast version of the Morning Side Hug on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most podcast apps and catch up on our new Monday through Wednesday shows. We've got some big changes in the works coming in just a few weeks, so get ready and get excited. More details to come. That is it for the show. A new best of tomorrow, and we'll be back with new shows next Monday. We hope you will, too. Once again, I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. Remember that Jesus loves you. Don't be a judgy McJudger pants. And if you see us around, we'd love a side hug. Bye.